0: I've been going for a minute now. I'm back for the jump off. I really want to play Little Kim. I really want to play Little Kim in the background. Um, listen. So yeah. I ain't been around. I know. I know. But you know what? <clears throat> I had to take a minute. Now I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, but it has been very, very true. It has been fitting. There's just been a lot going on. I don't know what day is what day. Like, I don't know if today is Thursday or Sunday. It's been a lot and it has for a lot of us. So I am sending positive vibes to everybody. But I do want you to know that it's okay to take a minute. I personally have so much on my plate that I made a decision to prioritize. Now, My plan was to just recycle some other episodes and that just never happened. Um, I have some interviews. I'm about to, you're about to listen to one now. And I have another one that is about to be dope. It's four hours long. I'm gonna break it up. It is about to be crazy. Um, So I do have some material for you guys. I just have been swamped. And so in order to not lose my mind, I just prioritized a little bit and it's okay. I just want to tell y'all real quick, like, listen, it's, it's okay to say no. It's okay to let someone know you don't have the mental capacity to deal with something at this moment, at that moment, to let them know that I love you, but I can't really take on what you have going on right now. I love you. I respect you, but I really can't uh, can't take this project right now. I need a minute. I have a lot going on for myself and I just can't add anything else. I am so sorry. If I could, I would. There's nothing wrong with that. And that is what I've had to do. I am getting a breather right now only because one of my professors pushed something back um, and gave us a few extra days. If not, I wouldn't be doing this now. But I also want to get this episode out because after this episode and I'm running through because it's dope. It's amazing. I have another amazing interview. And so I will be a little freer. School's almost out. Y'all listen, if you got kids, check their grades. Check their grades. I don't care if they are 18 in the 12th grade and they tell you they do their work. Please check their grades because they're not doing their work. Okay? They're not. They're not. And I don't want you showing up at the school trying to figure out where your child cap and gown at and your child got a 17 for the year. I need you to check your child's grades. Okay. Back on track. There's a lot going on. And once school is out soon, I'll be a little freer. So I had to drop in and say what's up to my peoples. Okay, hang in there. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm right around the corner. I'm closer than you think. When you think of, I forgot about y'all. I'm right here, boom, in yes, in your ear, not in your face. I'm in your ear. <laughs> All right, y'all enjoy this intro. I'm um, this intro. This episode coming up. Um, it is amazing. Right after the intro, the next thing you will hear is my interview with who we will call MJ. All right, so I'll see y'all later. Hey guys, and thanks for stopping by the Unmother and Unbothered podcast. Unpopular opinions on mother-daughter relationships for the woman looking to go from unmothered to unbothered. I am precious Detina, childhood trauma survivor and generational curse breaker that decided to release the anger and resentment I had towards my mother through forgiveness so that I could heal old wounds and live a thriving life. I am here to stand in the gap and affirm the feelings of women that feel alone and are made to feel guilty when discussing toxic mother-daughter relationships. As your host, I share stories and actionable steps to help you go from trauma to triumph. This is the Unmother and Unbothered podcast. Hi, hi. Welcome back to another episode of the Unmothered and Unbothered podcast. Y'all, I've been on a roll with these interviews. Um, I'm really, really excited about them. I'm trying not to roll them all out back to back, but I'm excited to share uh, the people that I have because I know that it's important for us to know what we have um, going on in our lives and how we're not alone. So I do have uh, MJ on with me Tonight, well, whenever you hear it, I don't know, but it's, it's tonight for us. Um, <laughs> so we're going to welcome MJ. Hi, MJ.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for this opportunity, for this platform. Um, I'm really, really, really excited. You're welcome.
0: I appreciate you, just like I have been mentioning in um, my last couple of <laughs> interviews these interviews have been a long time coming different things have hit our all of our lives and so we're finally getting together so i just want to thank you for your patience and um allow you to do what it is you need to do here and say what it is you need to say
1: awesome awesome um i go by mj Mm -hmm. i of west uh, i have west indian in me i don't want to get too direct (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um i've dealt with 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 just the overall unmothered and and unbothered for years. I think the first time when it triggered to me at seven, um, that that my mom just honestly just didn't love me. Um, And that's the only way I could see it in all of my experiences over time. um, She mentioned to me that she made it to the abortion clinic with me and basically said it to me in a way as if like, you you ought to be happy that I didn't go through with. Um, And from there, I still remember the moment. I still remember the car she drove. I still remember where we were. Um, I still, I could still taste and and, and feel that moment when the woman that I was literally obsessed with, I remember how beautiful she was. And, you know, my mom was just that girl. You know, my mom was, you know, savage. Like when Beyonce talks about, uh, talks about Tina. You know, like savage, and I remember just watching her and th- thinking how beautiful she was, and how I wanted to be so much like her. And oh my God, look at my mommy's hair! And then all that disappeared in a matter of a moment. Um, and and it never, it never, nothing was ever the same. I remember a couple years later uh, threatening to run away, and she laughed at me, um, like like laughed, like scoffed, like it was like. I just didn't matter almost is what it felt like. Um, And, and I, I stand in my mid thirties right now. And some of the trauma and the things that conspired over the years still weighs heavy on me and, and, and being on this podcast and having this opportunity is big for me. um, Because I want, I, I lived so many years feeling like I was alone, you know? I lived so many years thinking that it was just my circumstance. Like I'm the oddball out my mom. I'm the only one whose mom doesn't like her, wow. you know? And so I, I joining the um, toxic um, black mothers group um, on, on media on Facebook allowed me to realize I wasn't and that it's time for our daughters that are coming up to know that they have another sisterhood outside of mothering and that's why it fits everything perfect I'm unmothered and I'm unbothered now
0: <laughs> right <laughs> I appreciate you for um for pointing that out because that is really what I want to do I just want women in addition to helping helping women realize that there is um, a very um, healthy place you can live in figuratively and literally. There is a life free of, you know, the toxicity that you can live beyond what you were told about yourself from, your, you know, things that your mother may have said or things that went unsaid because you just looked at her actions and how she treated you. You know, those wounds run very deep. And they can be, make us um, stagnant. They can, they can be crippling. They can assault and attack our self-esteem, our self-worth our, and, and how we love ourselves. And my mission is to make sure that women like me, like you know that we are okay. We are whole, that we are not what our mother said we were, whether they, like I said, said it verbally or in their actions, And that there's nothing wrong with um, us, that it wasn't our fault, like it's not our our issue. And so I appreciate you saying that, look, I want to do this because I thought I was alone for so long and I'm realizing that I wasn't. And now you can help share, use your voice to share with other people. And so it sounds like you were saying from a young age, you just really was like, my mom doesn't like me. My mother doesn't love me based on how she treated you, but you just admire her so much And the relationship. Did it take a turn after she told you the abortion story? Is that
1: where the turn kind of happened? Yeah. I don't remember life before that. Mm
0: -hmm. So like
1: young baby that admired her mom, like after that, it was like, yo, you didn't want me. You know, as a little girl, like could you imagine? Like, they like mm-hmm. it stuck with me forever. I was like, and you know, I'm the last of ten. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention that early on. I'm um, sharing my my vibe, but I am the last of 10 children, West Indian children. Culture completely different mm-hmm. in the way they treat their young men and their young women. Mm-hmm. So my story, you think is bad, but my older sisters got it worse. Wow. My older sister has a story of my mom throwing her off a roof at, like, a really young age. You so know, in and- that
0: cultural you said, it doesn't matter where you're born in the, in the line of siblings. It's just male kids are treated better than female.
1: Oh, yeah. My brother, my Irish, I, I call us twins because we're Irish twins. Mm-hmm. I was literally, I want to say my mom was pregnant with me by, by her six-week appointment, wow. postpartum appointment with him. Mm-hmm. So we were always known as her twins, you know, mm-hmm. and you see, us, you just know, like, and we've always, we no longer have a really good relationship, but that's down the line. But, um, he, he was, he's, he's the king. Mm-hmm. He's the king. Like, like, you know, I come home, he comes home. She wants to know what he wants to eat. I come home. I'm lucky if I get a, Hey, how you doing? you know, did you eat today or anything? You know, I was, I was left to fend for myself at a very young age. Wow. Wow. And if I wasn't fending for myself, I was fending for me and him. So it was like this, like, I thought we, I don't know, like he was, that was my dude. Like I even have him tattooed on me because when I was hungry, he was hungry. You know, Mm -hmm. he went without, I went without. So, but then in the same aspect, we knew we didn't get the same love. We were, we were going down, like he went to a major university. I went to a community college. And I was lucky to get into the community college because I was they they she kicked me out at 16. I did two years homeless. Wow. So I didn't guidance like a lot of people did, you know, but I kept going to school. Oh yeah. Uh, All I can remember was in all of this trauma she was causing, I guess I kind of still admired her in a way because it always stuck with me. One, I'm a proof to you guys. I'm not what you say I am. And then two, I remember at a young age, she mentioned to me, she said, if I had an education, people wouldn't treat me the way they treat me. I was, I was really young. Wow. It was a little bit of the other experience and it stuck with me. So in my young mind, I was like, Oh, all right. That means get my education by all means necessary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All means necessary. Cause that's what my blueprint says. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, mm-hmm. no matter how she treats me, like that's my blueprint. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, now I'm in this place where I'm am I, am I really healing? Or am I competing with her to show her I'm everything you said, I'm 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 everything you said I wouldn't be? Mm -hmm. Or like what was it really about? Because while being homeless, I graduated school on time. And I remember calling my Irish twin and where we were from was really rough, you know. And I just said, I want to get out, like, but I don't know what to do. Hmm. and he was like well come here and he had been um he had gone to college mm-hmm. oh my parents had driven him there he got that whole experience you know mm-hmm. i was just hearing about community college i was like okay so i could do this he's like yeah you know just apply <clears throat> and i did it and um I stand here today, Mm -hmm. bachelor's under my belt, a master's under my belt, and I'm working on my second MBA. So let me stop there and
0: just let that sink in and soak in and let me just congratulate you. (laughs) <laughs> tell you how proud I am of you. I don't know you, you never met you a day in my life, but I'm super proud of you for pushing through Number one, just the feelings of inadequacy and the feeling of I'm not even loved and my mother doesn't even like me and I've been put out and my siblings are being treated better than I am. You push through that regardless of whether you were doing it to prove to yourself or to other people or to your mother, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, you had the gumption to stick it out. I always say, thug it out. You had that deep down, that grit that it takes. Um mm. I I've never been um I've never been homeless. I've been in homes that um felt like I was homeless, but you know I definitely wasn't and it's not the same. But I don't know how you feel. I can only imagine that as a child. So congratulations to you for that. Thank you. Um thank you. thank you. No one can just say that. Not just anyone can do that. So I hope you take some time and just really really um pat yourself on the back. I think that we deserve to do that. Everybody does from time to time without feeling, um, you know, like we're um, pretentious, I guess, and, and, and being just kind of conceited. That's not what it's about. It's about
1: being proud. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I, those proud moments are what allows me to, to sit back and realize how far I've come. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, okay. and, and even in you and your life, how you are able to speak about what has happened and i don't know how much of it you still feel um, impacts you tremendously today but there's the fact that you didn't let it stop you not then and, and still not now from just hearing about your accomplishments
1: yeah it's <clears throat> it's like I have something to prove almost just to be transparent you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's something to prove to myself or if it's just something to prove to my family you know, Mm -hmm. but, but it's all working out in my favor. Nonetheless, you know what I mean? It is. It is. But um, I was everything, but, you know, successful. I was everything, but educated. I was everything, but you know what I mean? I was everything, but
0: were you a pleaser? Did you find yourself growing up trying to do things so that your mother could see you?
1: No, actually, I was a rebel. But mm. I got mad because, okay. There was the molestation at seven. And then she ripped us away from what we knew in a really good school district, really good environment. And she took us down to the hood. Like she took us to the slums. Okay. All chasing behind my stepdad. That's a whole other story. Around um, what age were you? nine okay but in that age like from seven to nine like my my mom all my life actually she never really treated me like a kid mm-hmm. like my brother was you know the son but like my i knew you know i was reading the bills mm-hmm. i was reading how mommy was making an hour i was reading all of mommy's stuff and she knew which men in her life Loved me, and so she would pull me out of church because we need to go and see so and so. They like you, so come on. Mm. You know, I got, I got men giving me six, seven hundred dollars. Now I'm, I'm turning around. We get in the car, get ready to go. At six, seven years old, I'm handing that shit to my mom. Oh my goodness! You know what I'm saying? But like, I was like, "Yo, I'm holding my mom down." Wow, the loyalty was still there. The loyalty was still there, there. Do you get like how crazy? So I come off really crazy. <laughs> you're a child, <laughs> like, though. You know,
0: you're a child. So I, it's not really crazy. I, I,
1: there was this. Um, there was I, like I'm really, I'm really dramatic. Like I'm really like, I think in my past life, like I was Beyonce. Right. You have a big personality, no, I could tell. I do, I see, But like I'm re- like I'm I'm amazing to people because I've been hurt. Right. So like, I I really genuinely feel I have an all-around personality, but mm-hmm. I really think like I was probably like Beyoncé or like Alicia Keys <laughs> or something. <laughs> right, right. Past life. And um my um I lost my my thought just there, but my mom um she just There was like a a a a a, a a jealousy, a envy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I was her biggest, not only blueprint, but also her biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And then seven out, there was a molestation. Then there was, you know, by nine, she had moved us to this other city, huge crime. Mm-hmm. So I went from being this innocent, in a matter of like three years, I went from being this really innocent girl who ran around with her Irish twin brother everywhere she went, he was riding the bikes. I was riding bikes. He was climbing trees. I was climbing trees. You know, mm-hmm. to um, a city where kids are getting jumped. Mm-hmm. There's there's gangs in elementary school. Um, one of the girls, like when I first got there, tried to run up on me, so I had to be, I had to stand up for myself mm-hmm. quickly. You know what I mean? So it was like kill to be killed. Mm. And then my brother on the other end, I found out years later, he was almost suicidal. It was so bad. But Mm. he always thought, he was like, how did you handle it? How did you handle it so well? I was like, because I turned into a beast. Mm. You know what I mean? So you want to fight? Let's fight. So then I got angry. So all this trauma from the sexual molestation didn't channel correctly. It turned into, okay. now we're here and I got to be a monster now
0: yeah that's how trauma works it, it that's exactly when you don't get a chance to address it you know you're yeah. sending you know mo- when you're molested so how can you address it with a mom who's not concerned so it turns into something else it
1: turns man i'm talking about like she like she our relationship got so bad over the years like it had gotten to where i was just crazy she was telling everybody in the family i'm just crazy Um, one point she, um, she kicked me out with like two or three outfits in a bag. It was like, leave. So me being her blueprint, I left. And how old were you then? 16. What age were you when she
0: told you about the abortion?
1: Six
0: and a half, seven. Wow. So creating a timeline, six and a half, seven, she told you, you know, this is where I, I almost aborted you. Mm-hmm. Um, seven molested then um around um that same time shortly after you guys moved a couple years later to um a different city chasing mm-hmm. she was chasing um a her a man her you said your stepfather mm-hmm. and then those years 6 through 9 or so you know you're, you're um your mom's showing you how to use whatever your 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 smile or the fact that men like you to get money and you're giving it to her and then you know over the years after that you are just turning to this hard cold you know person that's like listen if this is what you want I have it for you I'm yeah. not running from this and then that all leads up to just a tumultuous relationship with her to where now we're at 16 she's put you out with really nothing
1: with nothing I was um, going from house to house like I was like pretty much not squatting but like whoever would let me lay on their couch you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I work yeah, so I would go to work I would go to school I would go to work I would go to school and then I would try to help whoever I was living with as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. the first I was living with was in a domestic um, relationship so like this dude was like crazy so mm-hmm. I had to get out because he almost killed us on the highway one time chasing us. So I had to get out of that situation. I found another girl that I was hanging with and she was kind of homeless as well. So like I was, I was kind of her little protege and that's how I made it in the streets. Mm-hmm. I found the person to click to, you know, mm-hmm. and so I slept, I slept. And so she was dating this guy and I, um, she was sleeping in his house and he would let me come cause we all went to school together. So he knew me, he would let me come and sleep in his closet. So his mom wouldn't see us. Right. See, uh, but in his closet was also his drug addicted brother. That was his room.
0: Oh, wow. So he was hiding and, him too.
1: No, well, the brother, that was just his room because he was living such a bitch. I, oh my God, I cursed. Sorry. Just, he, was, fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was living such a, he was on drugs real heavy. So his family was already kind of outcasting him. Okay. But what his mom gave him was that little room. Got it. The closet. So I, there was a bed in there. It was perfect, like a little space or whatever. But that's where I slept. And so a couple nights of, you know, fighting him off. Like, no, I don't want to sleep with you. I just need someone to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. like I was going through some stuff. Yeah. And because I wouldn't sleep with him a couple months later. he eventually tells his mom I'm back there. So now you're back out. <sighs> well, no. I had been sneaking in this lady's house for almost a year. <gasps> I would go to school. I would go to work. Then, when I would get off work by eleven o'clock, I would. My friend would already be in there. Sometimes we got off work together because we worked at the same place. We'd get off work together and we would jump the fence because the the boy, her boyfriend, the son, and and the guy they lived in the back of the um, house, okay. kind of like a a, a a home in a home. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, you have a house? Yeah. like that. So. Um, after a couple, um, just not sleeping with him and stuff like that and high on drugs, he got mad, told his mom. Hmm. So I'm back there one day, just happened to be the day that I, I ain't go to work. So I'm just back there, like trying to figure things out. I think it was the summer. Mind you, I'm going to work. I'm going to summer school. Um, when school opened back up, I went to night school because I wanted to make sure I graduated. Mm hmm And so here comes this little West Indian lady. Mm -mm. And she knocks on the closet and I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. And, um, I open it. She talks to me for there. She tells me, come here. I came. She asked me who I was. I told her who I was. Um, I told her my story. I said, my mom just doesn't love me. Mm. And, um, do you know that lady gave me her daughter's room?
0: No. <gasps> huh. Hmm. God. Be you know, at,
1: oh, my goodness. Do you know to this day when this lady need money, I look out for her to this day. I know that because she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do that. And she was the first one to tell me, even before I talked to my brother, she she said, MJ, um, you, you need to get out. You need to get out. Hmm what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You're too smart. You're too, you need to get out. Mm. And I put a plan and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to college. And I went to college. So where were your siblings?
0: Now you did mention earlier that your sisters that were older than you, they caught hell too, but where were your siblings? Had any of them ever gotten put out? Were they reaching out to you to see if you were okay? I mean, Family. Nope,
1: um. Years later, they some of them didn't find out I was homeless until maybe about five years ago, and they said that every time they came to see mom, she would say that I had a, I purposely left and I was with some guy, and that I had basically absconded. You know.
0: So they were out. So some of them were out of the house. They were that old.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're. I'm the last of ten. Right. Um, the one the one before me were the only two born in America. The other eight are born out of the country from okay. where we originate from. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my one brother, he was like 19 already when he came to America and I was nine then. Wow. So by 16, you know, he a grown man. That's it. Yeah, so. And did you think to reach out to them? My one sister I did and I, I caught a bus ticket and I drove I got the bus ticket or whatever, and I went there, stayed there for a couple, um, I want to say a month. And I got into it with, of course, the the trauma, me not channeling my trauma correctly, and no one around me not blaming anybody. Right, But like, if you see your sister go from this sweet little girl to this tyrant, and now she's run away, and, and figured out a way to come two and a half hours, almost, almost 200 miles away from where she should be. Mm-hmm. She put me on the bus and sent me back. Oh,
0: cause you just, you see at that point, you didn't know the proper way to channel anger and see that that's the thing about emotions. We're not, we're taught from so early from, for so, from so young, um, Like, don't feel bad, you know, and that seems simple, but it's telling you how to feel. Don't Mm -hmm. feel bad or it's okay. You know, don't cry. Um, Things like that, that we don't think about. Uh, They teach us that we don't, uh, we don't have control of our emotions. Well, not that we don't have control, but we don't need to show them that we need to cut them off, that we need to stop them. And when you do that, you don't learn how to, to control them. And the problem with emotions like anger and, and fear and um, hurt, those, you, you, have to, you have to be in charge of them. If they lead you and if your actions are led by that, those emotions that, um, in your case, they arose due to the trauma you, you experienced, then you have no control over them and you handle things all wrong. And that that's something that she or he, I'm not sure, that they didn't take into account. And it seems like they didn't take the time or want to take the time to to help you.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I found out years later, once I started healing, I wanted my family to heal as well. So I started talking to my brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. Started so before we fell out. Started so like, yo, here's my story. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that particular sister cried. Mm-hmm. Was here in front of me. She would have broke down in my in my arms, telling me how sorry she was. Mm-hmm. She, Baby, Grady, and I I I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I have, no, I can't say I'm sorry. That's all she kept saying. And you know, she had, that's the one I told you her story was worse. That's oh. the one with Ruth. Wow, what my mom left in prostitution in our country. Mm-hmm. She said, to eat bread i had to give my body up oh my gosh very young age
0: how is she handling has she has she tried to work through any of that that you know of
1: i think she, i i don't know now but from when we were talking because they all like they're all of uh, this big pool of toxic, toxicity mm-hmm. toxicity, <laughs> toxicity. Right. Um, so she is going through this, my mom is still her blueprint. My mom is still, you know, what I was going through at the young age, you know, but my mom, my mom said that, like my, you know, like being obsessed with her, my sister's obsessed with fixing her relationship with my mom. My mom, my brother-in-law used to beat my sister so bad. And my mom would tell my brother-in-law where my sister was.
0: <gasps> when she tried to get away?
1: hmm so,
0: so she was living, she left hell and then married into hell.
1: Your sister. Married it, but that's trauma. Trauma yeah. loves you. Yeah. Trauma's supposed to love you. Trauma, you're supposed to ride or die. And then we're from a culture like, that's your mom. The, the Bible say, mm-hmm. honor your mother. Period. It don't say honor your mother, but hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they they, they they slap you with this stuff. They slap you with this stuff. They're training you from the moment. Honor your, your mother. Honor your father. They're drilling the Bible into you. Church. Blah, 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 blah. This mind control. Yeah. So I feel like my sister is in this twilight zone where she would still to this day give my mom the world. But I have realized through everything she's put me through up until the age of 36, I just can't fuck with my mama. Hey. She Mm -hmm. who she is. Okay. And I kept trying to change her. And everybody kept saying, leave her. Let her be who she is. She can't never change. I didn't understand why everything is possible in our eyes people who have trauma everything is always fucking possible if you want to if you want to it's possible that's it but you have to
0: see and be be willing to see that what you've been doing is not right it's wrong and in that is your mother admitting her wrongdoing. And that's the part that I think is is very hard because with me and my mom, we've gone through uh, a lot of different things. But at this point, uh, we have a great relationship. I've done a lot of work over the years and most of it by myself without even talking to her. But the biggest problem I had with my mother was her not being able to take responsibility for Mm -hmm what not necessarily what she did to us because my mother was just not there she just didn't raise me or I have two older brothers she just didn't raise us but she had her own struggles I wasn't able to see that she was traumatized um growing up that she had been molested in those things I didn't know any of well I had heard them but I had never heard it from her and in my anger being younger I couldn't see that she really was was damaged herself and it was hard to see that because she never admitted that. Yes, this is because I left you with this person. That happened to you. Yes, I should have done this and this and, and raised you guys, and you wouldn't have experiences. But I didn't. It was always an excuse. It was always. But y'all don't know what I've been through. But I don't want to hear nothing. And, and I, you know, when you're a kid and, and your parent is doing you wrong you really need to reassure you need it as a child, a reassurance that, um, they're sorry that they should have done this. And I think that in time, it will come a time when you can listen to, to your mom and hear what she has to say, but I can't hear you. if You're using it as an excuse to why you did that to me. I can't.
1: We have a culture, um, difference. Um, and, and it's, 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 Sad to say, it's never going to be, it's not fixable. Like with with you and your mom, which I applaud, like that's goals, you know, like to be able to sit back at some point of the the healing process and talk about it rather it started with her. It didn't, but it, it ended with you guys having an amazing relationship. But with my mom, like there's this culture difference. Um, I'm completely more Westernized than she is. Um, and, and it's like I'm talking to a wall. It's always going to be my fault. Um, up until like a two a year ago, two years ago, my mom actually got sick. And out of all 10 children, guess who was the only one who was able to take care of her? Wow. And guess who did it?
0: Huge of you.
1: Now, this is me again. Six, seven years old, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I'm writing for my old girl. I'm writing for my mom. You know? Here I am again. Whatever I gotta do, my blueprint. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, this, this, but this is, it also affected my spiritual life too, because now I'm I'm actually I'm no longer a believer of, of the, the the Jesus Christ narrative. Um, I do question the Bible a lot now because I feel like I've been raised just i've been conditioned to hurt and 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 fuck that she hurt you this oh. is what the boss says Nah, there's no way that that is the creator of this earth there's no way that he she black white spirit physical self uh a big bang theory came for the gorilla whatever it was There's no way that you create anything in your image and you allow it to suffer in such a way.
0: Yeah, I I think that that is the argument of a lot of people who question um, just organized religion a lot of times, but just um, like Christianity, because they feel the exact same way. And, you know, my thing about it, I, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without any of the stuff I've I've gone through, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, And so for me, I, I don't, I never thought about it the way that you do, because I just know that what would my life be if I wasn't doing what I'm doing? So I think there's something that comes from our struggles. So I definitely respect, you know, your views and perspective. And I just hate that that situation. You know, skewed it because it will when parents use you know religion or or society uses religion or you know scripture or just all of these things to say that what they're doing is right when it's it's not. They're just interpreting things the way they want to and using it for their benefit, and that's not the way it things should be at all. You know, period. Yeah, period. definitely. And culturally, yeah, I, I completely get. Um, that I, I'm, that I'm not West Indian, I, but I grew up in New York around people of all cultures. And one of my very close friends, um, well, a couple of them are Jamaican. Um, I have a Haitian friend and yeah, it's a little different when it comes to your mom there. I thought black people, just me and, and like Southern thought that was bad, but it is a little different. You're right. Culture.
1: It's, uh, um, it's very good. They don't know how to sit. Like, I would love to sit down I remember a lot of the times trying to heal and, you know, I've been to a therapist. I've been, I've done it all, you know, I've, I've been, um, child, like some of my friends now, um, like new friends, anyone that meets me, you know, and I'm very vocal on where I stand about anything in my life only because that's just how life has created me to be. But, um, I, um, I know the Bible, like the back of my hand. Sometimes they, they, they'll they start talking and I'll finish it. I'll finish first. And then they'll look at me and I'm like, I'm not saying. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to go through so much and not know and understand and want to understand, you know?
0: Right, right, right. And that understanding will only come through you. You know, you'll have to, because because you, you're not as trusting of the word and and what it was written for now you're right you that's why it's good that you do your own reading and your own studying because you have to you're gonna have to find that for you you know and, yeah. and you can't look at what we how we were raised what we were raised to believe because that's yeah. where you have your um you know give that's what gives you pause it, mm-hmm. it
1: is what you were told then so i get yeah. it i get we're it from, i and he's like, oh, you're an atheist. I'm like, no, stupid. I'm not an atheist. I don't know where I am.
0: <laughs> right. You're like, trying to figure it out. and you know, respect out. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I respect it. I, I, I hope that you do. Um, because that I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to be in a place where this is what I knew my whole life. And then now I'm questioning it because of this and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I am right now. Um, that's just me. I'm not a great person. Like, like either you hot with me or cold with me, you know what I mean? So I definitely wouldn't want to, um, want to be in that spot, but I did want to go into, um, you put on your form that everything you you've been through, and we just, you know, heard the tip of the iceberg here, but everything you've been through, it really, really gave you, uh, this fear of, of having, of mothering daughters, and I thought that was so interesting. Uh, I, I I'm afraid just of being a parent in general, um, not to the point of of me not wanting to have a child, but it is terrifying to think about. But you specifically said um, just a fear of mothering um, daughters. Can you go into that a little bit? Um,
1: you know how it's they'll say like to a single mother like you can't raise, you can't raise a man. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never, I've never experienced being taught how to be a, 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 a woman, let alone a mother to another woman who I now have to teach to be a woman. Like when you have a baby, like I have two boys and um, that's how I know the universe works in that in, in favor. Um, <laughs> I have um two boys and from my experience as a parent, you got to teach them how to hold a spoon, how to talk, how to walk. You got to change their diaper until so they learn how to control their own systems. You have to do all this stuff. And for my little boys, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot rougher. Like, I feel like I can't raise men, but I'm definitely emotionally and more stable to raise a little boy towards a little girl. And then not also wanting that generational curse to spew into my relationship because mm-hmm. it it happens. Those gener- generational things happen and I don't want it to happen on my watch. Yeah, you've already broken that curse though. You
0: know, I mean, you, you've you already overcome so much to do exactly the opposite of what um, your mother said you would do and, and she put you in a position to do by not, you know, keep letting you stay in the house and and all those different things. And you still turn out you're not perfect because none of us are. We all have emotional baggage, even if we don't want to uh, acknowledge it. But you have managed to be a productive member of society. And to me, that's already kind of breaking that curse. But I do get it. I understand. But I think that The first thing I think about when I think about, oh my gosh, could I be a parent? Is you know nobody is taught how to be a parent at all. Nobody's taught how to be the mother of a daughter or a son, even if they have a a, an example um, in their own parent. Kids, you know, we all are so different. So the way that you were raised, and you're like, oh yeah, I would do that, and I would do that. I'm pretty sure that like you as a parent would know it's just your kids are different and it requires a, a a different um set of rules and you know you just treat them differently as far as uh knowing what they like and how their attitudes are and, you know what i mean their interests so you don't have that blueprint uh, you
1: you yeah my my boys i just make a face and i already know okay you hungry <laughs> You know, like that comes with that mommy power. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you just know, okay, what you upset about? I'm I? no, you're not. What's wrong? You know, so sometimes I do, like, I overly love my boys. Like, I want them to know, like, come to mommy about anything. Mm-hmm. And we even got to this place where my trauma was pouring into my oldest son. Because I was ready. Like, when I pulled up, I pulled up. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like, what's good? tap me in who I'm coming for you know what I mean because my baby like my baby need to know mommy front and center period and it was affecting him because sometimes that's not what he wanted he wanted mommy to come in and be assertive but nurturing okay got you but when I came in I want I want the little boy and I want his mama go get his mama right but that's how I was raised you get it yeah,
0: and that's you where that's what you turned into. You turned into yes, that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, but thank God we don't have that culture difference where he could say it. So now he has like a cue, like both of them <laughs> actually have Q words for me. And when he tells me to calm down, mm-hmm. mom, it's not that serious. Mommy, calm down. It's not that serious. Mm-hmm. Then I know what he's getting ready to tell me. He don't need me going you know over the over the top over the top Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I love no other way Mm -hmm. you know but thank god my children are willing to be able to say so you're right I I guess I am changing the the narrative a little bit. (laughs) You are you for sure (laughs) yo I need you to chill you know and then we can laugh about it later you know I have, I have be my being there I, for them, you know. It's yeah. changing it, and they're there for me because I've been in the store and like, I can I can get really agitated, like on like just just really like I mean it's terrible. Well, it's not terrible, but I, it's controlled. I can get really irritated, especially if I have a lot to do. I got a lot going on. Any little stupid thing would like, I flip my son knows the faces that lead to me flipping and he steps in mommy let me put this over here mommy let me put this over here mommy let me do this and and i had to find where i had to step back and let him because he knew mommy about to go from zero to honey right i mean going off on cashiers in the store all kind of stuff. I'm just being transparent with you. Yeah. On oh. and then I come off. I'm the crazy person. No, it's not that. I my my trauma is mischanneled. and I'm in this place. Thirty six years, thirty years later, trying to rechannel it. It's possible, you know. And I found myself going back up to the representative. Hey, I'm sorry. Here's what I was going through. And I'm sorry I took it out on you. And then they'll probably tell me what they were going through. Boom, we good. Two people just healed.
0: <laughs> and, and, but and people are human. People are human. And people can really, really resonate with your honesty. They can. Because they've yeah. been there. we all been there. We all got something going on. Might not be the same thing, but I don't care how well you think you grew up, how privileged you were or rich or two family home, whatever it may be that you think is what is normal. um, Every, we all have some stuff. So when you're transparent and you go back like that, I think people can do nothing but respect it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think
0: they can't. They can't do anything but respect it. Do you ever fear that your sons have feel like they have, a lot of responsibility when it comes to making sure that like okay let me help mom she's looking like she about to snap you know let me let me step in do you ever feel guilty about that Do you feel like they carry any responsibility that they shouldn't have to carry
1: um it doesn't happen as often Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not something that happens on the regular let me say that okay um so so definitely no and then sometimes i catch myself because the thing with that's what emotions is. You have to learn what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I love my son enough to cue in to "Mama, you tripping," or you know I'm heading down that 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 rabbit hole. So to not put the, the the toll on him, I just shut my mouth. I'm finna suck up this moment of being agitated. I'm finna fake it, and then sometimes we even laugh. We get out the store, and he's like, he was agitated, wasn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> we laugh you know yeah so it's it's all this learning healthy learning process because i also want for him at any age if anything any trauma anything in anything measure twice cut once Mm. Mm. you know
0: yep you're breaking generational curses and you ain't even giving yourself credit honey
1: child feeling this so bad. we'll get out the store and he's just like mom you okay <laughs> and I'm like I'm okay son I'm okay I'm good let's just get this stuff in the car and let's go okay. all right mom,
0: just check it you know well, and you so- talk your sons about loving each other and supporting each other because you have not seen that in your siblings there's 10, ten of you all all together the age ranges spreads you know it's, it's far um apart from each other you guys don't talk as much you're not as close so have you made an effort to um show your sons that they have to be close or how do you do that oh
1: yeah i teach i've taught them at a very early age you are your brother's keeper Mm -hmm. i've taught them like i don't care what y'all going through like they 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 (laughs) they both play fortnite and they argue with each other and fight with each other because they have different dads. So when the youngest one is with his dad, they'll be on the phone. Girl, just spoiled, just spoiled. One seven, one twelve, and both got phones. <laughs> I didn't have a phone till I was like 19 and I had to pay for it. <laughs> but um they communicate, which is one of the reasons I did it is because okay, when he's with his dad, at least he still has an open space. We don't have to call his dad to talk to his brother. So they play the video games and they're on the phone with each other at the same time. And sometimes they go, they get in real deep, you know? And like uh, yesterday they were arguing and he, the oldest said something to the youngest. Uh, the youngest kicked back. I was like, well, that's why, that's why you're failing, you know? And then <laughs> they, got like, they got like three or four other friends on Fortnite. I don't know if you know anything about video games, but. They, okay. there's, they're live. So it's like other people on the call, like, they ain't going to call me out like that, bro. So, <laughs> so um, then later on, the youngest, the oldest killed the youngest. And then the youngest was like, are you effing stupid? And I had to step in and I said, hey, everybody off now, now. And a couple hours later, I let them back on. I said, but only when you guys speak to one another, because one thing you're not going to do is shine on your brother. Two things you're not going to do is shine on him in front of somebody else. You are your brother's keeper. So do you want to play or not? Mm-hmm. That's how I treat them. Hmm. You know, what I mean? does that make sense? I, Absolutely. I know I kind of like, like even down to the simple things like playing a video game, like, the oldest, I teach him certain things so he can be more self-sufficient. Then when the youngest gets about the same age that the oldest started learning, I start teaching it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if I go, when your brother look left, he need to see you. When you look right, you need to see him. Mm-hmm. Period. Love it. My siblings didn't do that for me. Because mm. if they would have looked right, I wouldn't have been two years out on the street. That's it. That's a long time to not I see you. Back, I came back to high school, graduated. I passed the FCAT the first time around, mm. homeless. Mm.
0: You got a lot to be proud of and a lot to say and a lot that you can share and use to inspire other people.
1: Really. But you know what's crazy there, I'm sorry, there is someone. <coughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. There's someone that has it worse. I remember one girl growing up, her mom abandoned her and her brother to a with with a guy and he was molesting her she was pregnant in like sixth grade wow. there's but other sisters out there that got it worse my story is a a a a, a walk in the park wow and that is
0: there i mean there are there are people who um have stories like me knowing my story but listening to your story i mean so yeah there are always people who have gone through something worse something different and you can never measure um your resiliency against someone else's because theirs may not seem as bad or yours may not seem as bad but we can't all handle the same things we're not all equipped for the same things Um, You know, so I just always just really, really try to let people know that for what you went through, that is amazing because I don't know your capacity um, and I don't know uh, what you can and can't handle and deal with and what you're just not even saying that I don't know. So uh, yes, it's a lot of stories, but your story is just as important because I can't, even think about being homeless and still going to school and working and sleeping in the closet you know, with a guy who was basically banished to a closet. We're not even going to talk about how weird that is to put your child in the closet, but we're not, you know, that's a whole nother uh, episode, but to have, and this is a male,
1: you know. Mm -hmm. They kicked him out. He was sneaking back in and the brother was letting him sleep in the closet because he was on like cocaine and and, and all kinds of mixtures of stuff. So his, his parents didn't even know he was there until he decided that he was going to come by and confess what's going on.
0: So if you had to, um, speak to, let's say the eight or nine, you know, year old version of yourself and, um, or a young, a young girl that would be in a similar situation and you had to speak to them now and just encourage them, what would you say?
1: Speak up. I think if I would have, especially when it came to sexual stuff, Mm -hmm. if I would have spoke up a long time ago, people would have known that, okay, I wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something was going on. I would have pinpointed what was going on. Um, You're not a victim. Um, you're you're a baby. You're still a baby. You're still a kid. You are a victim. Uh, speak up. And 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 find the love that that you want and that you need that you need and that you want. Um, someone will listen. You're not just in this closed box and the world's going by around you. No. Someone will listen and keep going until someone does. Yeah. I, I kept it in for way too long. Way too long. I didn't start healing until maybe five, six years ago. I'm mid-30s. Speak up.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's like universal. That will work for so many people because so often people don't speak up about what's going on with them and not just being molested or being raped or anything. That in addition to those things, just flat out neglect or flat out uh, verbal abuse. Uh, People don't even say that, I don't like it when you said this to me, or I don't like it when you talk to me like this. People don't realize that they can say that, that they don't have to take certain things you know, and, and if you do speak up, it's hard because to me, speaking up, isn't the hardest part when it comes to some situations, the hardest part is what happens after you speak up, after you say this happens to me and you're, and someone says, no, it didn't, I don't believe you, or you tell them, you know, that mom, your, your boyfriend did this and she lets him stay because she believes him. And she tells people that you're lying about this. Like, those things can be harder than actually speaking up sometimes because the effect of you speaking up, it can last forever, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's real tough. It is doable, but it's definitely tough and you're mid thirties, but listen, you may be healing for the rest of your life because <laughs> I'm, a, I, I really believe that we have traumas that we don't even know are there until we just start digging and digging up
1: all of them. I realized for a while because um, when my family would piss me off, the anger would be so different. It would be just this rage almost, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had to realize maybe a year ago every time my family hurt me, I was seven years old again. Mm. Every time they pissed me off. I was lost and abandoned again. Every time I'm riding for y'all, and y'all keep throwing me under the bus, y'all keep doing whatever y'all doing, I'm, I'm, I'm abandoned and lost and no one looking for me again. So I had to realize that I had to cut my family off because I would never really officially heal until I healed. So maybe somewhere down the line, I'll officially heal and stop being seven years old again. But for now, mm-hmm. we can't have no contact. Boundaries. That boundaries.
0: Is, that's something that we all have to learn, too. Um, I don't have an issue. That's not my issue. does not sound like yours either. There are people who have a tough, tough time creating boundaries and, to be honest, just cutting people out. Saying I can't, not a little bit, not just sometimes, you know, not to appease you. I can't talk to you once a week just because it'll make you happy, but it drives me crazy for the rest of the week. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We all have to learn how to preserve our sanctity, like it, our sanctity, our sanity. We have to preserve it. And that peace, I always say, you cannot put a, put a price on it. I don't care what I got. Yeah. You, I'm going to
1: have peace. Exactly. And you deserve it. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning a lot that a lot of the things that I'm requiring of myself, the peace and the boundaries, um, I deserve. I have to remind myself, man, MJ, you don't went through too many years of feeling undeserving, underloved, unmothered. Mm -hmm. So now, like, you know, (laughs) I'm bothered. Like, you deserve this. You deserve it all.
0: And so you're now, we know, you know, you, you said that I can't deal with my mother um, and you he had to cut off people in your family as well. So it's safe to say now that until you, you know, until further notice, you have disconnected with those that you need to disconnect with. And have you um, had to see them for anything? Do they do they come around for different occasions or holidays? Or do you just not talk to them and see them at all?
1: Um, I had a niece reach out to me by text. Um, and she um invited me to her wedding. Cause see, that's that's what they do. I'm always invited to the stuff to turn up. <laughs> you know, when it's how to turn up, okay. But um I um responded and told her just never to reach out to me again. I was, I was bold and honest. Mm -hmm. And then the next time my Irish twin actually got married, Mm. he got married and I felt like that's why I I had lost the disconnect because man, when you was hungry, I was hungry. When you needed, I needed it. When when daddy used to go off on you, I stood up, I stood up for you. I took a lot of heat for you. I took a lot of heat for my brother, man. A, I,
0: mm, and he a didn't really return. He didn't really do return he,
1: that. Do you know he didn't even invite me to the wedding? Mm. He didn't invite my kids. And I don't care how mad I am about whatever's going on about mommy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Put it on the table. Mm. I would have never missed it. Mm. I would have never. And then when we left, I would have just had to be mad again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, right. But you don't love me enough to send me an invite
0: that's you and that's your heart you have a heart to do that and that people with a heart like you have
1: that's how people supposed to be for one another it doesn't make any
0: sense they just don't have it everybody doesn't people like you you get your feelings hurt more because (gasps) of the heart you have but the people who will appreciate you for the heart you have those are the people who are going to stick Those are the people who- I would have been
1: front and center. You hear me mad and all. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's what family do. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, he may not have wanted that too because it may have reminded him of dysfunction. He's hiding from some stuff and he knows that, and this is not an excuse at all, but he knows too, like being around you and and seeing you, it's going to dredge up some stuff then he doesn't want to deal with either. That wasn't about you. I don't feel in my spirit that's not what my. I feel like I should say that. I don't feel like that was about you at all. It wasn't that he didn't care or love. It. I don't think it was about you at all. I feel that that was him hiding from his past and hiding and continuing to bury his trauma and acting as if things didn't exist and they didn't happen and it didn't have anything to do with you. I just don't feel like that.
1: He's this perfect guy. You know what I mean? He's this perfect dude. You know, living up no and he's so busy, and he went to all these great schools, and Mm -hmm. things like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cover up. It is. Cover up. And and I have to, like, sometimes I look at him, I'm like, bro, we from the hood. Mm We from the hood, bro. Mm -hmm. What is you doing? And you know what? With all my degrees, I'm solid in who I am and where I came from. Mm-hmm. You're going to know my story at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. My manager that interviewed me for my last position, the position I'm in now, um, I got a slight promotion. or It was pretty much, a, I, I, I'm good. i mean, in a really cushioned job. Mm -hmm. And um, he said he picked me because he saw I was a woman that had to fight for everything I had.
0: Mm. See, what's wonderful about the things that you've gone through, and I even see it in my life is starting to happen, is there was a time when people like us that were rough around the edges, um, that didn't come from the traditional family unit and um, had to kind of do things uh, the non-traditional way. It was looked at like, oh wow, they they we we can't have them here. They don't fit the narrative. But what I'm, yes. I'm seeing in my life, and what it's it seems like you're experiencing as well, is that people are now starting to appreciate those underdogs, those black sheep, though the ones that people yes. said, um, wouldn't make it, wouldn't be this and wouldn't do that. And it, I, I just understand that there's a shift right now. But it's the last time that someone um, uh, paid me to be a consultant for them. I didn't apply did and even though it was a position, they emailed me and picked me and they i was my authentic self with them that's why i was shocked that they called to ask that they emailed to ask me because i didn't hide anything cuz it wasn't for a job i wasn't really mm-hmm. uh, associated with them for work and i loved that they still chose me seeing me for as loud as i am rough around the edges as i am bright yellow nails if i want to with big earrings and tattoos yes. they still floor. cuz that's just how you me. feel
1: that day that's it
0: <laughs> And it's just that time for us. It's just that time. So I think people for that. Exactly. We're gonna win regardless because what we have in this world that's for us, we're gonna get it anyway.
1: We have to. And it's so crazy. Like I sit, I'm the only minority on my team. Mm-hmm. Do you know, when I first started this training, I was or first started training for this position, I was just kind of like daydreaming. And I'm learning all this stuff, and I'm sitting there and I'm like. How the fuck you got here? Hmm. What the hell did this happen? Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the responsibility. You know, like the the, mon- the monetary, the they call it fiduciary, dish or something like that, girl. Um, where basically your responsibility for the amount of money that, like, I'm moving, I'm moving funds daily for a respected 100. You know, Fortune 100 company. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job honestly. I'm doing my job from home. I would have never imagined in my time, in those moments under the moon, like homeless, like sneaking, hoping this lady don't hear me jumping the gate tonight. I got to thank somebody.
0: I just don't know who it is right now. Mm-mm, Girl, well, I'm going to thank God for you then, honey, because, you know, you give yourself some crap. I mean, you earned it. You're supposed to have that. Now, again, it, people didn't see the value Um, and people who went the, you know, non-traditional, the, the route that society said was wrong. They didn't say, but they are now. It's just, it's just time for that. You know, it's you know, just time.
1: Everybody went to their little high class, you know, top schools, blah, blah, blah. I became a single mother. So, you know, I had to do, you know, non, non, um, um, non-traditional, non-brick, non-mortar schools or whatnot. And um, well, I started off and, you know, but I, I did everything I had to do or whatnot. And you know, I'm sitting across the computer at this point because of COVID with all these people that did what my brother did, but I'm sitting with them.
0: That's it. That's it, right? That's what I tell my students. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I have to validate that because I tell my students, I teach in a very small rural town and a Mm -hmm. lot of them are intimidated by going to school Mm -hmm. and doing it. And I'm like, listen, when you get to college, you're going to be sitting in the same place together. Y'all might have taken different paths to get there. But you just got a full ride. Why are you not going? Because you're intimidated.
1: If you can maybe cut this clip of this um, this, this podcast so you can always have sharing on your, you know, any kind of platform as far as advertising goes, all I can say to those students that you just described is keep going. You're going to be sitting right across from them. You are. (laughs) <laughs> you are. You're gonna be you're gonna be your and you know what's so crazy about people like you know myself, because I don't know your detailed history as far as everything, but I'm very humble and reserved too in the work environment because I've been taught to with everything I've been through to 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 measure twice, cut once, you know? So I'm not really like a showboat. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like a lot of these new generations are showboats, and people that have trauma, we not like that. We kind of like we 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 we're more intellectual. We gotta think this through.
0: Yeah, and we you can't know? play. You know, we don't got time to showboat. We got things to do. We trying to make sure
1: that we doing what we supposed to do. I had my one coworker who told me one time she's like, I ain't seen you in three months." You know why? Because I take one hat off and put another one on. <laughs> You know, but, but it's just, I, I'm hurt when I speak. I'm hurt is my point all in all with, with underdogs like, like that, like us, Mm -hmm. we sit across from the room from them and they can be as showboaty as they want. They can be as vocal as they want. They can talk you around the room as much as they want. But when I speak, you're going to hit me yep and my work is gonna speak for me too. I don't and need- my work is gonna speak, and you go above and beyond to make sure that it does mhm
0: mhm yep that's that grit that's that grit that's that ruggedness that's that rough that roughness that you have around the edges that you took, and instead of you allowing it to um, turn you into someone or something that uh, was was hard and tough. And that couldn't go and get a job and, and couldn't communicate. You allowed it to mold you into um, something that could be used to propel you in your life. That's what that is. That's that grit, that tenacity, that digging your heels and I'm going to get this done. Just doing it in a different setting. So it, it, that's why, you know, and, and, and I can say that in summary. It's like one thing that I can say now to wrap this up. Listen, you got to allow what you've been through to fuel you and propel you forward to get to where you deserve to be in life. It will, it will, if you allow it, it will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do last story about my son, my oldest son. <clears throat> Before I wrap it up, We went to mm-hmm. dinner last night. Cause I try to do like mommy and me things with him when his youngest brothers with his dad and we, we went to dinner. Um, And I mentioned to him, like, about how hard mommy's been working, you know, things of that sort. Like, I was, you know, digging in. He's getting ready to go into middle school. So, you know, just having those conversations with him, being present with him. And uh, (laughs) I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, mommy's been working so hard. When I get bougie and I thought of the, the craziest thing, like, oh, I told him, I said, yeah. When we go, when we have mommy and me weekends, um, I'm hiring an in-house chef. They're going to come to us. And he's like, really, mom And I'm like, I deserve it, don't I? <laughs> right. So it's it's beautiful. I'm and learning. Be I'm healing.
0: That. You'll be able to do that before you, you know, you look into it, you might be like, oh, this ain't that expensive. This
1: ain't that bad, so let me be a little bougie."
0: Right. I got a little promotion, you know, (laughs) let me see what this chef talking about.
1: Right. (laughs) Exactly. And in those moments you breathe and you just say, thank you. Mm. You just say, thank you for the journey.
0: I love that. That's a good, good place to be because, you know, when you're in the middle of things in life, It's very hard to see that, okay, I'm going to use this one day. This is going to be positive one day. I'm going to be able to help somebody one day. Thank you for this journey. It's hard to see that. But when you come out and you might be battered, bruised, and you scratched up and scraped and hardened, traumatized, it, it is all going to be used for something bigger and better than you if you let it.
1: And I can't wait to see what it is.
0: You're doing it now. (laughs) You're doing it now. You're doing it now. You know, when I release this, you're doing it now. And and, and it can only go up from here. So I have to say thank you so, so much for taking some time. Um, You have some great, great, great experiences and some great stories. And the more that you uncover and you heal, you're going to see like, oh, wow. Like, I get that. I can see that now. And people will learn that and hear that from your story as well. So I just want to thank you so much for being transparent. I hope you guys listened and loved it. Um, (laughs) you're not alone out there, y'all. (laughs) It's so many of us and and not everybody is in a place where they can come forward and speak. Um, Whether you are speaking anonymously or not, doesn't matter sharing your story is what counts so I thank you guys for listening Um, make sure that you share this with someone someone subscribe to the podcast rate and review and I will definitely talk to y'all later okay guys that was another episode um listen if you enjoy that please rate and review on iTunes I would really appreciate it it would help to make my show more visible and we know I just want to help more and more more people if you want to drop me a line if you would like to be if you know someone who would like to be a guest, or if you just have something you want me to know, email me at, unmothered and unbothered at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at unmotheredunbotheredpodcast, on Facebook at the Unmothered and Unbothered Podcast, and on Twitter at podcastpresh. P r e s h. I also have a website, just some stuff about me, a little background info. You know what I'm saying? at PreciousDetina.com D-E-T-I-N-A No spaces, no underscores all together. Alright I hope you check back in with me soon.